One day, a man was giving a talk to a group of 500 people, and he began by taking out a crisp, new $100 bill and holding it up to the audience. This, by the way, is a $1 bill. <laughs> You'll have to use your imagination a little bit here. He held it up and he said, who would like this $100 bill? Well, not surprisingly, 500 hands immediately went up in the air. He then proceeded to crumple it up into a little ball, something like this. And then he held it up again and said, okay, who wants it now? Well, 500 hands went up in the air again. He then threw it on the ground, stomped on it a little bit, picked it up again and held it up to the 500 people present, said, okay, who wants it now? 500 hands went in the air again. I won't reenact this final part for obvious reasons, but finally he opened it up, took a cup of coffee that he had nearby and poured the coffee all over the $100 bill. And then he tore a small piece off each of the corners. And he held it up one last time and said, who wants it now? And 500 hands went in the air one final time. Do you see the point, my brothers and sisters? Those 500 people certainly did. They understood that the intrinsic value of that $100 bill did not change. It did not lessen by a single penny. Even after the bill was crumpled and stomped on and soiled and given a shower with that coffee, and even after its corners were torn off. Ben Franklin's face was still on that bill. And so it retained its value in spite of the condition it was in. I thought of that story relative to two very important events that took place in our world during the last couple of weeks. The first was the terrible earthquake on January the 12th down in Haiti that devastated that small Caribbean country. The second event was the sad and tragic anniversary of the Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision. That was January 22nd, a decision which, of course, legalized abortion here in our country. It's been wonderful, it's been incredibly wonderful to see the outpouring of support, especially financial support, that's come to the Haitian people in their hour of urgent need. Those people down there are always in need, but this has been an hour of urgent need for them, and the world has responded. Our nation has responded. Men and women from every walk of life, from every segment of society, from every religious group, from every political persuasion, have moved to reach out in some way to the poorest of the poor in Haiti, in devastated Haiti. And why is that? Why has that happened? What's the reason why so many of us have responded with such overwhelming goodness and charity to the Haitian situation? 
It's because we understand that the suffering down in Haiti right now has a human face. That's why we've responded as we have. We have all seen the pictures and the videos of the devastation. And even more importantly, we have seen the pictures and the videos of suffering people, men, women, and children. We know that these are not just statistics on a piece of paper. They are human beings, brothers and sisters in the human family who are suffering terribly and who desperately need our assistance. Remember the lesson of the story I told you a few moments ago. Ben Franklin's face was still on that bill. And so it retained its value in spite of the condition it was in. Each of the citizens of the nation of Haiti has a human face. And so each of the citizens of Haiti has an intrinsic worth and value and dignity in spite of the terrible physical and economic condition that they might be in at the present time. What a contrast with abortion. In fact, the contrast with abortion is striking. As many of us know, some of the very same people who have been incredibly generous in helping the earthquake victims in Haiti in recent days are also some of the most vocal supporters of so-called abortion rights in this country right now. Now you might say, how could that be? How can certain people be so generous and so cold-hearted at the very same time? Well, that's easy, my brothers and sisters. It's because they refuse to recognize the scientific and biological truth that abortion has a human face. What they recognize in the poor of Haiti, they fail to recognize in pre-born children. They've been so conditioned, and maybe a better word is brainwashed, They've been so brainwashed to believe that abortion is essentially about rights and laws and freedom and choice. They've been so brainwashed that they ignore the basic reality that every abortion hurts real, living people. The child who dies first and foremost. But it's not only the child. It's also the mother and the father, who eventually have to face what they've done. Now, is there forgiveness and healing for them? Yes, there certainly can be. And we have to encourage all those who have been connected to abortion in any way to repent and to find that forgiveness and healing. Believe me, any good priest will tell you, we welcome back repentant sinners in this area with open arms. When women come to me who've had abortions, I have nothing but compassion for them. But they have pain. They are suffering. And that's something that they have to pass through. Every child from the moment of its conception has a human face. In other words, every child is a human being with an immortal soul. Notice what God says to young Jeremiah in today's first reading. He says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before I formed you in the womb. In other words, you, Jeremiah, had a human face 
From the moment you were conceived in your mother's womb, you were not a mistake. You were not a thing. You were not an object. You were and are a person. A human person who was loved by me, Almighty God, the creator of the universe, from all eternity. You were known to me. I knew that I would create you. Whenever I am discussing the issue of abortion with someone who is pro-choice, one of the things I will always try to do is to get them to see this simple fact, that abortion has a human face. And so when they bring up the so-called hard cases, as they almost always do, like rape and incest and Down syndrome, I will get as concrete and as specific as I possibly can. Imagine, for example, that the person who's pro-choice that I'm dialoguing with is friendly with a couple, Tom and Mary, who have a Down syndrome child named Jane. Well, I will say to the person I'm having the conversation with, are you telling me, are you telling me that your friends, Tom and Mary, should have aborted little Jane? That beautiful child that you love so much, that beautiful child who loves you so much, is that what you're saying to me? Now, they'll usually respond, oh, oh no, Father, that's not what I mean. To which I will respond, oh, yes, it is. It's exactly what you're saying. You're saying it would have been okay to kill that little child. Well, all of a sudden, the stark realization comes that abortion is essentially about a person, a real, living person with a human face. And that we're not talking here primarily about abstract concepts like rights and freedom and choice. This is the reason, incidentally, why the pro-life commercial that's going to air during the Super Bowl next week, this is the reason why that commercial has the people at Planned Parenthood in such a tizzy right now. They are going ballistic as we speak. In case you're not aware of it, that commercial features Heisman Trophy winner Tim Tebow and his mother, who was urged by some of her doctors to abort Tim for health reasons during her pregnancy. Now, obviously, she didn't do it, thanks be to God. Well, not surprisingly, the so-called pro-choice crowd is desperately trying to stop CBS from airing this commercial because they're not stupid. The pro-choices may be a lot of things, but they are not stupid. They know quite well that when people see this during the Super Bowl next week, many of them will come to the realization, perhaps for the first time, that a real person with a human face and incredible potential dies in every abortion. And that's a message the pro-choice crowd does not want Americans to hear for obvious reasons. In today's second reading from 1 Corinthians 13, St. Paul talks about love. Real love, the real deal, not the counterfeit thing that we encounter so often in today's world. This is a passage of scripture, of course, that you hear quite often at weddings. He says there that real love, genuine love, is patient and kind and a lot of other wonderful things. Well, today the Lord adds one further insight to the ones that St. Paul mentions in this text. 
Although it's actually an insight which is implicit in everything that Paul says there about love. The message is this from our God. He tells us that to love someone, to really love someone, is to treat them from the moment of their conception until the moment of their natural death like they have a human face. To love someone is to treat them like they have a human face. Because they do.